for a good segue. Alright, let's get started. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Mismatch Misfits. Uh, we are still continuing spooky season. We're finally in October. And uh, I like how y'all both did. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Except for Will. Will's like completely bright. He did it. He did a late response. He went in a late spooky. No, it's... I can fix this. Don't worry. Uh, we're here in the spooky thing. Ah, uh, he's getting spooky room. Spookified. The spoops. <laughs> Spookified. You okay, that's something else spooky. Oh, oh, two different shades. <laughs> that's fucked. <laughs> no, I said it. It's not. I mean, you can say it. Of course, right? Yeah, I, I can't say shit about it. I mean, you can. I, I don't care. Never mind. One light's still too bright. <laughs> and it looks better, though. It's not like blinding light. It's not flashlight. No. Flashbang type. Anyways, yeah, we're back. And uh, this time, we are talking about Mysterious Death. Originally, we had two stories, but surprisingly, Sam had a story for us to tell us, too. Yes. All right. Yes. He wanted to feel included. More than usual. More than usual. I just want to get my screen time. Right. You're a nice commenter, though. Now that we can see. You're, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're the one that suits all, all like all of our audience. Your voice is the the, the thing that attracts everybody. Yeah. It's the magnetizing here. Stop. <laughs> all right. Don't stop. Please keep on going. The, I'm gonna I'm I'm continue. continue. Like, Why'd you really stop? <laughs> all right. So today uh, we have with us. Sam, okay, Mr. King Kojo. We have Sampy, and we have no, it's Sampy Samantha. I it's, uh, always easier to call her uh, Sampy. Easier to call me Sampy. Everyone I, does now. Yeah, because otherwise I. My IRL friends. Because otherwise I have two Sams, and it could get confusing. And Unless then we use the full name. Yeah, but why do but... I want to say like a or the three syllables? Well, sorry, my name's inconvenient to you. Yeah, right? Like the it's just long. Damn. <laughs> okay. And then we have Will, Mr. Lucky You. Because he's lucky. To, we are lucky to have us in his, to have him in his presence. Not all the time we always have him here. All right. Yeah. Just got to have the weekend off, you know? <laughs> right. Nice. All right, so... Do we want to start with the long story or medium? Or... I'm going to go last. I'm going to go last for okay. sure. I'm last. I have too much. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, go ahead. You have the, the shortest story. You can go ahead. All right. So this one I found uh, going through the internet, you know, looking at the top five. This one stuck out to me, and it was kind of – speaking more to the spooky vibes right yes um the title of this one is who put bella in the witch elf and this takes place in 1943 april 18 in birmingham wickberry hill northern worcestershire say it again worcestershire okay worcestershire yeah (laughs) worcestershire um, and during this time, it was during the wars of World War Two. Um, yeah. Four boys um, found themselves going through the woods looking through, looking for stuff to eat because there was food shortages during the time before 
the government stepped in and started delivering rations out to the families. Yeah. Um, while they're in the woods, uh, they're looking for bird eggs. Um, but instead of finding bird eggs, they came across this weird oak, w- twisty, whiny little witch tree. Mm-hmm. What they thought was an egg was actually a skeleton. Um, hmm. And all of them found out it was a skeleton. They swore between themselves to never say a word. Well, the youngest of the party later on that evening snitched to his dad. And later on that day, <laughs> that was just her son. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was her son walking around. <laughs> I was like, all right, you just um, acting so normal. Okay, yeah, continue. Like, they're the damn ghost. They're weird. <laughs> it's finally oh, tangible. Oh. Uh, he knows what he's doing because he knows that people are here, and he's laughing his ass off all the way up those stairs right I, now. I bet. I bet. Okay. All right. Anyways. Okay. Continue. Don't be alarmed. Um. Yeah. So the youngest boy alerted his dad. Yeah. And. The next day, the dad called the authorities for them to check it out. Yeah. So, after they looked into the tree, they found a full skeleton stuffed within the tree. Um, within the skeleton's mouth, they found a cloth. Yeah. Uh, they found two shoes. One shoe that was tied, that was still in the tree. Another one a few yards down. Yeah. A gold ring and uh, another, I forgot what was the other that they found but they found all this to find out that it was a person of five foot a woman that was probably dead for about 18 months um the person really didn't have a name during that time Mm -hmm. um they just went down the missing reports to find out who it was who could it be and still unresolved to this day um a year later a year later in an abandoned building they found the words. They found the words. Who put Bella down the witch helm? Showed up in chalk in an abandoned building. Uh, the authorities came up to it and they saw it and started doing research. Started yeah. seeing who was Bella, you know, putting out reports, seeing if anyone knows of a Bella, uh, whose name. Um, and then again, later on, in. A year later, it showed up in houses across the street. Uh, who put Lou Bella down the witch home? So now the authorities are kind of reopening the case. They're doing research. They're trying to figure out who's Lou Bella, who's the person that is writing on the graffiti, um, who who who's really doing this. Yeah. Um, later on, they just found out it was just some homeless guy that was causing a prank. He really didn't know anything about what was going on, yeah, but. Just- he was just starting shit, you know? Yeah. And they were saying um, that since it was such a small town, after they found the most exciting thing that they found during the war was a skeleton, and then it died down. They are just trying to get that hype back, you know what I mean? Yeah, just trying to get so, back into the media. Kind of... Exactly. Just trying to get, like, oh, what's going on? Oh, this is kind of exciting. Let's keep the excitement going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh. else do I have? Uh during that time, uh, the forensic uh, reports said that there was no disease, there was no marks, no strangle, no signs of oh, uh, harm done to the skeleton. Yeah. But because of the cloth, 
they found it real weird that it was just stuffed within the tree. And the fact that there was a cloth inside the mouth, they kind of rolled it to like a asphyxiation or suffocation uh, during that point. Mm. Uh, and to this day, no one really knows who that person was, how they ended up into that tree. But there are a couple theories that are going around. Uh, I forgot to put the last one, which was really cool. But one of the theories was Bella was part of the war raids that happened in Birmingham. And while she was escaping, she was attacked, gagged, and stuffed into the tree. Uh, it's always weird to hear that people are stuffed into somewhere. Because this is like around the time of the war, right? Yeah, during World War II. Uh, towards the end yeah. of the war. Like two years before the world. Uh, yeah. The war ended. Yeah. Um, so they're saying that, you know, while the bombs were going off, she was escaping. She got attacked in. In order to hide the potty, they stuffed in a tree as a casualty of war. Um, another theory that they came up with that in that Birmingham area, there are known to be witch coffins in the area. And they thought the tree that they was in, since it was like kind of twisting, winding, and oaky like, yeah. that uh, she was part of a uh, satanic a ritual. Part of a coven. You know? Exactly, like a sacrifice. Um, and, and they said that the, one of the covens there are known to, not that they do it regularly, but no. they every put, then. every now and then they put witches into the tree as a sacrifice. Mm. Um, and now if I can remember it, uh, the last theory was that she was a Nazi spy from Poland and while she was infiltrating there trying to find out what next war raids were about to happen. They silenced her, put her in the tree. Um, just left they her later on contact they what was that? They just left her there to die pretty much. Just I thought left, of... Yeah, left her there to die. And the uh, author wrote a letter to the authorities saying the lady that you're looking for will never be found. She's already been dealt with. Um, the only person that knows who her name is has been sent to the otherworldly courts um, and you'll never find out who she is and that was all that they received with the letter and I was like damn that's kind of badass you know yeah but it's still kind of fucked <laughs> it, it's still fucked and that's, um, that's pretty badass by itself but yeah yeah <laughs> I have another much simpler theory after hearing that what is, what is <laughs> your simpler theory ring. yeah I feel like somebody just wanted to get out of their engagement <laughs> Honestly, that that, that, yeah. that did happen a lot. That did so happen a lot back theory, then. then. Then with that, somebody in the town would have noticed somebody missing. You would think, right? But understand that. Because, um, if I recall, Worcester. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. big around that time. It was mm-hmm. a very small town. Like, everybody knew everybody type of town. Yeah, which is why they were like, it can't be someone from here. Because yeah, but they... also at the time you have German air raids going yeah. on. There's a lot well, of people. You have people that... popping up dead all the time. Yeah, you that's have people in and out. So that's why they think that's that's why they think that. But I don't think the marriage theory. But it's I like do think because yes, Birmingham is a big place in England for. Oh. Like gathering witches. Oh. Um, For you? Rings oh, okay. do tend to signify. 
like some ritualistic like type of deals and a lot of like the other little objects and they could have just stuffed her her mouth just so you know to keep her kind because technically they could have stabbed her because all they found was a skeleton right yeah all 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 that was left was a skeleton yeah. Yeah, so but they it's weird like stabbed her or cut her throat or something and just left her there but it's weird that they said that they that it was probably somebody that died like 18 months before the skeleton was found the hmm. other thing that's really weird is that the body was so decomposed yeah it was too far decomposed for it to be skeleton yeah yeah for it to be 18 months is too far decomposed stuff like into a tree for but, 18 months but you also have to but they said they found the the skeleton it was entwined with the tree right yeah it, it was in a position that whenever you got into the tree you couldn't get out like you're just kind of stuck there so, so literally it, someone had to actually in the tree yeah yeah had time to grow in there mm-hmm. or it had time to grow around her mm-hmm. but 18 months that's yeah, that's, that's it's a year and a half it's weird yeah so, but then, like, then again, England has that rain. That's also why I think it's also kind of strange because England has that rainy weather mm. where the body would not have decomposed that quickly no. as opposed to if it was in humidity and heat. Because England, especially around those areas, tend to have colder, more wet climates. So the body wouldn't have decomposed that quickly, no, even uh... within the year. Even though it's not warm, just being in a moist climate, uh, water is a universal solvent and breaks down things faster. And also, while it does tend to be cooler, you still have a warm, muggy season. And like it said, yeah, it's a year and a half. The wildlife too. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but even still, like they didn't find clothing on her. Just shoes. Just shoes. So that means she was basically clothing and the cloth that was stuffed in her mouth. But that's pretty much all that they found. Yeah, because if they had found clothing, it would have given them much more of a lead as to who she was. Yeah, right. That's still weird. Just yeah, the way, so that the, means the way. She, she was basically naked when mm-hmm. she was dead. Mm-hmm. And I had a theory that you know maybe she was strangled somewhere else and they dumped the body there you know what i mean we could have like been. that, she, that she just, just kind of died it. in that tree uh-huh and that's probably why they couldn't find any evidence yeah, or any, any there. yeah because she probably wasn't from the area she was from outside they said it was air raids and shit going out so somebody on the way just kind of said fuck it here it is what year did you say she was found in again uh she was found in 1943 and the investigations went on until not on and off till 1955 before they kind of put it to rest or stopped looking into it okay hmm. yeah i don't know so she was found towards the end of the war uh-huh. <laughs> and she would have actually died in 19 19- after the air raids would have stopped yeah. Because uh, Germany was running out of fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's around the time. Well, the, in the end, uh, they were losing a lot of resources and all that shit. That's during the later time of World War Two, to where it 
more of the Japanese that are still the problem, and then it's more of Eastern Front problems rather than Western Front. Okay. So when when did the actual raids? Uh, uh, that's going to be earlier in the war, so closer to uh, uh, 1939 through like 1942-ish. Okay, okay, because if they're, they found the body and said they said it's been dead for 18 months, uh, if we take a year off of that and add the re- remainder of the months, it's kind of put in like 1940, 1941 era. Yeah, yeah. It's like between 1941. Yeah. Probably almost 1942. So maybe there is some truth to the first part, or probably like the last war raid. Probably. Or the last raid that happened. But. Maybe, but it's still. No. A, a lot it, of inconsistencies there. You know what? It, it could be that she was running from soldiers. Trying to hide. In the treaty. She's. Because some people, they used to stuff their mouth to stop them from, like, making sound. Mm-hmm. And... But and you said that she was in the tree that no, where you had to, like, you yeah, couldn't you come back out. out. Yeah, once you're in, you couldn't get back out. Yeah, so she probably got herself stuck in there trying to hide and, you know. Damn. Damn. Do you, do you gotta realize how sucky of a death that is? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. I'm stunned. I can't, uh, there's something Wait in my mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your life, and then the minute you freaking get away, you think you're safe. You can't get out. And then when you panic, the faster you, no, the yeah, faster you fucking. No, I mean, but she could still breathe though, like Depend- through her nose. But- depends but on, but she uh, like died of starvation. Starvation, and even then, you could have like, Maybe like depending on how much cloth. Had a panic attack, like so severe. It mm-hmm. You could have had like the cloth wasn't letting en- enough oxygen actually go through. Even though if you breathe through your nose, you're not getting as much oxygen as, you know, as you Either are breathing way. regularly. Either way, that's still a fucked up way to go. She was eating the cloth. That too. Unfortunately, it's also too long to, you know, find a body for there to be, you know, much of any chemical residue on the cloth if there was any foul play that way. Yeah. It's all fucked up. But yeah, that is the unsolved mystery of who put Bella in the witch elm. The witch elm. You forgot for a quick second. You damn right. Cause I... <laughs> you got you tripping out all the day, all the way that could have died. You tripping out all the way that that this person could have died. Played off the scary anticipation, but you know, you you had to go and call him out. I'm sorry, but it was plainly obvious. Hey, hey, first time. Painfully obvious. Tell stories, it's cool. You know? yeah, yeah, no, it's cool, it's cool. It's, it's, it's fine, you did good, you did good. There's a lot of pretty good theories. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Claps all around. What? All around, get it? <laughs> Alright. That's fine. He's your best friend, it's fine. You brought him here in the first place. No, I did, but but you you you. I continue it. You've encouraged yeah. I'm sorry. I converted him over to puns. I, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, ah, it hurts. Yeah, I heard. I heard Sampy yesterday too. It's fine. <laughs> I'm. I, it's 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 
My 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 source of joy now. The okay? rest of the night after that, I, 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 I was like, she, she nope. hated Adrian me. was getting so mad because I wouldn't go and help him, and I was just like, nope. She hated me. Good like, thing was good fine. thing was towards the end too. He's Sam, like, he's got it. You let you let him force me to play Fortnite. Yeah, so that's true. I subject him oh. to the curse to cause pain to everybody else at once. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, I paid. That's, that's, I paid. All and we always tell them no. Oh, that's true. They do tell me no. They want to go play other shit. I was like, okay, like mm -hmm. Overwatch too. We, we like playing spooky shit. Now I only got Overwatch two to work. Now I just have to uninstall it and reinstall it. I'm so <laughs> happy about that. My work yesterday after like six error server. That's too. That's one error served too many. So bad. Anyways, all right, my turn to the story. And this time, we're sticking over to that side of the world. We're talking about Russia. So, this is gonna be the incident. Is this story is called the Dialov Pass incident? This took place in 1959. So, in 1959, right? Uh, this is after the war, everything, everybody's trying to do better, right? These, uh, it was originally 10 college students, right? There were, uh, level two professional, uh, what is it? Uh, hikers. They were level two and that's, you know, pretty up there. And they wanted to level up to, the, you know, they wanted to be professional, professional, level, level three, right? They had to do one more serious climb. So, you know, it's a group of friends, 10 hikers, wanted to take that trip. They wanted to be like, you know what, let's just go. Uh, there was, uh, their destination was the North Northern Ural Mountains. U-R-A-L. Northern Ural Mountains. That's what their, that's, that was their destination. Uh, this is in February, January and February. So you can imagine the type of climate that it was. Snowy, very cold, you know. It was, it was bad. It was bad, right? So, uh, so this whole group of, of friends were now, you know, of course you have, you know, they, they have a, a, a leader, a guide, someone who has been more knowledgeable of these, you know, of taking hikes, taking trips to mountains, all that good stuff, right? <laughs> well, uh, when they started the trip, uh, they had one of the, one of the members was, uh, sickly. Like, he would get sick easily. He had uh, diseases prior. And um, right before, like, as, not, they hadn't even started yet. They were barely, like, you know, around the beginning. Like, just getting there. Uh, he started having uh, muscle spasms in his legs. And uh, he just started feeling bad all around. So he said, you know what? You guys go ahead. I'll set this one out. So he went back, right? And, uh, he was waiting for... You know, he was waiting for their messages or, you know, telegraphs, whatever, whenever they made it to the top and they made it back down, right? So, on February 26th, right? So, they took, no, uh, on February 1st is whenever they started the trek. Whenever, uh, right after the guy, you know, the 10th member left, leaving the nine behind. Seven men and two women. They waited till February 26th. He waited until February 26th. He had gotten no response. He had gotten no telegraph. He didn't know anything about his friends. So he, you know, uh, he called up, uh, you know, everybody there, 
the police, everything, everybody that that usually handles that stuff, so they can go looking for them, right? Mm-hmm. They were found, right? And they were found in, in the mountain. They weren't even high up. Like, they weren't even high up. They were, like, midway through the track. They weren't even anywhere near their goal. They were, matter of fact, they were, uh, their tent was found 12 miles on the wrong, like, to the wrong direction to where they were supposed to go. Uh, they think that maybe they, uh, you know, they encountered some kind of heavy snowstorm. Maybe they got lost. Something, right? Yeah. But um, they had found, you know, uh, they had found a tent, a very large tent, right? Which is where they made it. But this is where the story gets even weirder, right? So, when you exit the tent, you know, uh, when you exit the tent, you know, you have your door, whatever. Especially back in the 50s, you know, you had your little, I don't know if they had zipper doors back then, but you had the little flaps that open up, good to go in and out, right? I, I I would assume they would have zipper door or a zipper flat entrances and mm-hmm. zippers probably or yeah. at least velcro you know so you know however it is they would have the door and if something was to happen you would think that damage will come from the outside in right and you can mm-hmm. tell when something's damaged from the outside in right like if, if you rip a cloth from one side you can tell from what side you know the blade was coming from right depending on you know forensics know depending on how the cut was made all that stuff right their campsite was found completely in shambles destroyed just horrible and the forensics found it cut from the inside so the tent had become from the inside and there was no bodies found in that area there were no bodies found in the tent anywhere near the the campsite they were just gone. What they did found, what they did find was a trail, right? They found trails. They found uh, footsteps. You would think that you know, if something was to happen, everybody would be scattering, running different directions, right? Because you know, again, if something was to scare you so bad that you had to rip your tent from the inside, you know, try to get out, everybody would be running in, de- in separate directions. No, these footsteps, this trail, was in unison. They were marching one way, right, into the woods that were nearby. So, this is where I got to look at my notes. Um, And it was weird because when they looked at the tent, uh, everything was still inside. The materials were still inside. Every, they had left everything behind. Some of them had left with... Uh, some of them had left with little to no clothes. Some of them left barefoot. Some of them left with no socks on. Mm-hmm. They found the bodies after they followed the trail. They were finding, like, one by one. They just, just, they just started dropping, you know. I think, you know, because of the cold and all that stuff. Because these... At, at, this, at the time that they found them, around, you know, measuring the weather and all that stuff, the coldest they got was negative 13 degrees. That's how cold the nights were around yeah. when something would have happened to them, right? So, uh, it, 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 no, it was weird how they f- how they found everything, right? So, they started, you know, so after they found the campsite, the mission turned to let's find the bodies or let's find anywhere they could have went. Followed the, the, the footsteps, right? 
this is where they find the first body. And I'm just going to go, you know, through the bodies, right? So the first body is they found, um, the first body was a man named Yuri Doroshenko. Doroshenko. Uh, he was found in swim trunks, a t-shirt, and socks. What the fuck? Yeah. That was the first body. That's how the first body was found, right? You would think, right, if, uh, you died of, you know, you're dying in the cold because you don't have anything, you would just kind of freeze to death, right? Skin blue, mm. whatever. This is how his body was found. He had burns on his head and foot, scrapes and bruises, ears and nose and mouth were covered in blood. And also, and uh, when they found him, he had gray fluid coming out of his mouth. So the gray fluid is um, usually what happens when there's a strong force that hits your chest. It's kind of like the mix of your of shit inside coming out of your chest area, the chest cavity coming out it comes out kind of gray. At least that's what's been known to 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 happen. So that's how he was found, right? The coroner's report said that he died of hypothermia. Even though he had all this stuff going on. No, it's covered in blood, all that stuff. They said he died of hypothermia. The second body that they found close to him, too, it, it was named Yuri Krivonishenko. Yeah, Yuri Krivonishenko. He was found with a long uh, sleeve t shirt and one sock. That's just, that's it. Okay. His body was covered in heavy bruises, had burns on his feet, legs and hands, and a chunk on the, a chunk of his knuckle was in his mouth. Like he was biting himself to where, you know, trying to like withstand something, you know? You know that when you have too much pain and some people just bite their knuckles? Well, he had part of his knuckle in his mouth. Just laying there dead. Right? Uh, what they found after when they found these two bodies though is that they could tell that they had been moved after they died or like you know whenever they died they looked like they had been moved like you can tell that they had been messed with um, like to different areas or kind of like along the trail like, along, with... the, along the trail the, the, the trail kept going straight like there was a, a, still a, a straight trail nobody like they weren't dragged off anywhere else it was just straight trap right yeah. uh, their friends tried to keep them going <laughs> pretty much you could say like somebody tried like, either they took their clothes something right yeah. because mm-hmm. you still had other people you still had after these two you still have seven more the third body right oh and also the second body was also said to have died of hypothermia even though you know but no I digress third body his name is Igor Dialov is another weird one, right? He had abrasions, bruising on his ankles, cuts and bruises on his face. He had the missing incisor. It's just, you know, these are injuries that are similar to when you get into a fist fight with somebody. You know, it's just damages that you would get when you get into a fist fight, right? That's one of the theories is that uh, people believe that uh, there was a, a rumble inside the tent, you know, and... They just kind of lead exploded into outside to somebody cut the thing. And uh, they cut the tent. They saw the damage. And they were like, okay, you know, 
whatever, right? Like they once they rid the tent, they're like, okay, fuck it, we fucked up, we ripped the tent, let's go find shelter. So that's why they were all marching together. That's one theory. But I want you to keep that theory in mind, right? As I keep going on with the rest of the of the bodies. Body number four. It was uh, one of the first women. One of the two women. Her name was uh, Zenaida Kormogorova. Okay, so this is one of the people that was... That looked like they were more dressed, better dressed for the cold, right? They had no pants and all that stuff. But one, but her uh, right arm, like right arm sweater sleeve was torn off. Like just the the right arm sleeve was just torn off. Then that's when she was found, right? Her body had abrasions on the hands, bruising on her face, a long bruise around her body, which is what it looks like when you get hit with a baton or hit with a stick, you know, with a blunt object on the side of your body. So you know, again. That gives into the theory that there must have been some kind of fight, some kind of altercation, right? Body number five, right? His name was Rustam Slobodin. He was found a week after the first four bodies. They found the first four, and for a week, they couldn't find anybody else. They thought maybe they, you know, made it to uh, to the, uh, the village. There was a... Uh, a, a tribe near that lived nearby wherever they were standing, right? Wherever they had camped. They wasn't close enough to where they could have just made it there overnight. But, you know, there was a, a tribe of people that lived around the area, right? But this her but his body was found a week later. The thing about his body, right? His body was found face down in the snow. Like it's covered in snow. It was like in a ditch covered in snow, right? It was just found face down. He had internal bleeding on his temples and a skull and a large skull fracture. Like he had like, uh, you know, he had, it looked like he had been hit like in the head with a blunt object, but there was no damage to the soft tissue that would suggest that there was a blunt object that hit his head. But it, somehow he was no he no uh, he died of a uh, he didn't die of hemorrhaging but they had internal bleeding on the two of his temples and a, just a huge fracture inside of his skull. Uh, they said that he died to hypothermia as well. Mhm. Yeah. What the fuck is it? No. Yeah. Uh. So after uh, after that body was found, right? Not long after that, uh, the tribe that lived by that lived nearby is called the Mansi tribe, M A N S I. So the Mansi tribe had found, had discovered a large uh, den, right? Just a large den, dug up into the snow, which uh, officers thought that it was their last ditch effort for the rest of the people to survive. But of course, it didn't prove. It proved to be a failure, you know, because there was nothing there. It was just a large den. Right, we could tell somebody was there, but no, they're gonna find they it. They weren't there anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Okay, so body number six. I'm sorry, I had to I had to reread my notes on the side. Okay, body number six is the second, is the second uh female. And this one has, uh, and this one, she's the only one who has, 
a different cause of death besides hypothermia. She actually says that she died of hemorrhaging. So, her name is Lyudmila Dubinina. She was found, okay, so she was found like the most creepy looking, the creepy way. Because she was found draped over a ledge next to running water. Like, it was just a natural, natural ledge, right? Spring. Yeah, natural spring. And she was just, her body was just on it, just laying there, you know, like, just there, dead. Um, here's when it gets weirder, right? She had missing lips, mouth, and missing parts of her cheek. So where like, you could see the bones, you could see the teeth on the inside. She had their whole lips and mouth gone and missing part of her cheek. Not only that, she had also 10 broken ribs. She had massive hemorrhaging in her heart, and she was missing her eyes and her tongue. That's how she was found. Just completely mangled. But, again, to the ribs and all that stuff, there was it, it, it didn't seem like there was any damage to the soft tissue of these people. Like, it, it's just somehow, like, gone. It's like, just like it was cleanly taken off? Yeah. Like, they were just, like, completely just removed. Which is, like, you know, it was confusing for people, right? So, uh, that's, what's it, number six? Okay, and body number seven, right? Body number seven is, his name was Semyon Solotaryov. Solotaryov, yeah. So, these last, uh, three... Right. The last three, they were found better prepared for the winter. Right, they were found, you know, with more clothing. You know, they had a, uh, they had uh three pants, jackets, socks. You know, they were covered, completely covered. But Semyon had five. Bro- uh, Solotaryov had five broken ribs, a flail chest, and deep gash in the head. Right, again. Similar to a fight, similar to what you would see when people are fighting. If you get hit with a blunt object, right? But there was no damage to that, to, like, around it. Mm. Okay. He also had a missing eyebrow, like a missing, not not just, like, the hair. It was just missing the whole skin towards exposed bone and muscle. Ripped it off? Yeah, like, it was just gone. There was nothing there. It was just ripped out, and it was it was missing, right? Uh, and he was also missing his eyes. But he was then that's how he was found. He was just found dead like that, right? We're just like in the snow. Yeah, this is there's there's they're all like just draped over the snow in different locations, but still following this one path. Okay, so just further and further up the path they were found. Yeah. Like for like, they just started dropping like one by one. Body number eight, right? His name was Alexander Kol- Kolevatov, right? Both Solotaryov and Kolevatov were found were were told uh, were considered dead. They died of hypothermia. That's what the report says that they died of hypothermia. No matter how they were found, they died of hypothermia. 
Again, no. It was also prepared for the weather. Uh, except that his jacket and everything that he had on had rips and tears. It looked like he had been attacked by something, right? Um, so, Alexander was missing an eyebrow, which exposed the bone. He had a, a broken nose, a deformed neck, which would... In which would uh, which would mean that he had broken his neck somehow, like he had a broken neck, but it wasn't like you know they were debating whether it was actually broken or he was just you know landed twisted or whatever, right? Uh, he ha- he also had a gash behind his right ear, just a huge gash behind his right ear. That's how he was found. But they still say that he died of hypothermia. Right? Lastly, body number nine is Nikolai Brignole. Right? Found like the last one, also prepared everything. He was fine. He had layers of clothing. They think that the reason why these last three were found with good good amount of clothing is because they, you know, uh, they took the clothes off the, the falling, you know, the other dead people, you know. That's why everyone else was missing clothes. Yeah, the earlier, yeah, the earlier ones were missing clothes. Yeah, because they were like, "Fuck it, I need to cover up," yeah. you know. And this, that's why I think the first two were moved after death, you know. Possibility, right? So Nikolai had bruising on his face, internal bleeding in the forearm, and a shattered skull, with no signs of blunt force trauma to the head it just shattered skull like it was still inside it like his head was still intact but on the inside his skull was shattered okay okay I talked about the clothing mm-hmm. okay so even though right so after these people were found right like, they were found like that. They were found, like, they, they was believed that they took the clothes from the first one. They uh, tested the clothing, right? And they checked to see, if, you know, if it did, in fact, fit the first people, the first bodies, right? If they did take their friend's clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when they tested their, uh, their clothing and they tested their bodies as well, they were all found to have a slight hint of radiation. They were all radiated. And even the surrounding area had radiation. Like a small amount of radiation. To where whenever they went back, they went back, you know, fully covered. Because they're like, oh, we don't want to, you know, deal with that. Or we don't want to, you know, be like that, right? Or have anything to do with that kind of radiation. So they were more prepared the next time they went back and, you know, decided to look through everything again, right? Uh... Well, that's how they were found. Now, we have the theories, right? We have our theories. Like they have, people have their theories, right? There was a lot of theories that came up because as soon as this came out, people were like, "What the fuck happened?" Because there's no way that they just died of hypothermia when bodies are being found like this, right? They, they, I, something should have. They thought that something could have happened from the very beginning because the, their tent was ripped from the inside. You know, they're Everything was left behind. Everything was damaged on the in, like inside their tent. So they were like, 
from the very beginning, their family was like, let us know. They were never told anything, right? They were never told anything. They were never, you know, explained anything, right? So, one uh, remember I told y'all that one of the, uh, that there was a tribe nearby, right? And uh, around this time, people believed that that tribe were, you know, backwards. They believed that these people were cannibals, all that stuff, right? Uh, so they believed that they could have attacked them and killed them. That it was probably these people that could have attacked them and killed them. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, and used them as a sacrifice. But that still doesn't explain what they are, why there are no other footprints besides their own. You know, besides yeah. besides just that one trip. Yeah, I call bullshit on that theory. Uh-huh. but after uh, no, after a, a good little, quick little investigation for like I think about a year or two, uh, they were debunked because the tri- the tribe didn't uh, was even though they were known to have uh, rituals and stuff, there were like there were no uh, human sacrifices. There were there was nothing like that, right? No, just like any other. Religion, they have their sacrifices, they have their, you know, the rituals, whatever they do, all safely, right? They all have their belief, but it was, everything was fine with them, right? It was just, uh, uh, they wanted to use them as a quick scapegoat to be like, oh, they did it. So they can have the, the rest of the people just hate them. Um, there's also that prevalent theory that it could have been an avalanche, that an avalanche had taken them out. Mm-hmm. Not like, like that, no. Yeah. I, 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 I don't agree with that. Let me honest. Theory, because even still, they'd be buried. Yeah. With the weather and how cold they said it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I looked into that, right? And uh, they said, so, they said that the way they set up their, their tent, right? Because in order for, 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 you know, uh, for for an avalanche to happen and actually do some damage, you would have to be like at least at a thirty degree angle, right? There, the way wherever they put their their campsite, the first tent, it wasn't sloped to that extent. It wasn't at a good at a good angle for a natural avalanche to happen, and it wasn't snowing that night, and it wasn't that windy. It's just uh, you know wherever they sent their their uh, their camp, it wasn't that bad. So they're like, there's no way. But they still stick into that theory even today because I think um, not too long ago there was uh, a more study on that, on where their uh, camp was set because of, uh, you know, they're like, well, we have to explain this somehow, right? We have to find out what happened. They said, oh, wherever they set their tent, they must have carved out, you know, a flat area, a flat surface. And this flat surface, right, uh, whatever wind was happening up on top, like higher up the, the mountains, ended up dislodging or cracking uh, the, uh, a pile of snow, a slab of snow. So this slab came down and, you know, you do, you know, you do a slab heavy enough of anything, it's going to cause some damage, right? And that's where people were like, oh, this is where their injuries come from. This is where they're bruising and uh, the guy who had his chest compressed and all that stuff. That's where these injuries could come from. 
and they're like, oh, and anything else like gaseous, <clears throat> gaseous or whatever, that's uh, you know, the wildlife. But a wildlife putting a gash into it, like I can understand, you know, the lips, like the lips and the cheek. She was face down in the creek. Mm-hmm. It could have just been run off. Yeah. Um. Or like wildlife picking at her. Or people um, do some pretty insane stuff to ignore pain and cold. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, That's what I thought about the second body. You know, him biting down on the lip. Yeah. Or his so knuckle. knuckle. Yeah, like once you're that cold, you don't feel anything. Yeah. So, and even still, with um, because of how cold it is, that could have prolonged their injuries from killing them at the same time too. Because it does naturally slow down that internal bleeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say that if, if you have internal bleeding, it's best you know that you it's in the cold mm. because that's what'll like save your life. Okay. Well, yeah. These people uh, didn't. No, these people yeah. apparently died. You know, within hours and stuff after the fact, right? Uh. But you know, this is one thing that they're still testing. They're still trying out. People don't believe that shit. They're like, hell no. Right. There's another theory, right? Uh, of course, there's. Here comes the Bigfoot uh, people. They're like, oh, it's a Yeti attack, which would explain gashes and stuff like that. Uh, the shattered skulls, all that stuff. But it's like, why there's still no footprints on there? Oh shit! So Snuggles follow. Thank you, Snuggles for the follow. You scared the shit out of me. There was. government decided it wasn't anything. It was just a passing by bear. Mm. Because when I first originally heard this case, they took photographs, they have photographs of the campsite. Actually, uh, who investigated these photographs mm -hmm. have found footprints that don't belong to the hikers in the photographs. Mm -hmm. So, this doesn't belong to the hikers. Who does it belong to? And the Russian government was like, what are you talking about? There's no footprints there. At first yeah. they were like... Remember, it's a it, Soviet it, Union yeah, at this time. Yeah, they're just like, they're like, there's nothing there. There's there's nothing there. What are you all talking about? Yeah. So, there's and also... they act- just changed it to, it's a bear. Yeah. We have bears in Russia. It's a bear. Yeah, actually... Oh, uh, it's a Russian bear. That's yes. Russian bear. Actually, all the hikers had cameras and video cameras. So, they are like, the, the photography, the pictures that they took is actually mm. of them. So, uh, like, okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to look at some of the pictures that I put here on, on, on a Discord. You could Which, see. And any other thing, this is for educational purposes. We are aware that these photographs can be disturbing to some. Just a warning. Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you for the trigger warning. I, f- I keep forgetting. So, these pictures right here. Make sure you know the fair. Stop. <laughs> So these pictures that you see here, right? Uh, the first picture with the uh, the campsite clearly under the snow. That's how the the the, the campsite was found. Like the campsite, the campsite was found completely destroyed, just like this under the snow. The line of people that you see here in skis, that's them. These are pictures that they took themselves. The den right here, everything. This is them. These are all pictures that you see here of them. Now. The last picture is the one that's going to be a little stronger. 
And that is the picture of the girl that was found next to the water, draped over the ledge. You can see here, just she's just there, frozen, just laying there, face down. Like, and this is a picture they took once they found her. I mean, you know, they have cameras. There's also a a, a picture that I forgot to post on here. But um, there is a picture that uh, that the captain, the you know, the leader of the group, took of uh, of the four of the forest around them, because at some point they uh, people believe that they thought that they were being followed, and just like the our famous uh, Bigfoot picture, there is a picture that there is a picture that they took of in between the trees where you see a big person walking through the trees like there's somebody there walking in the distance through the trees just swinging like at a distance from them just swinging their arm kind of looking around it's freezing cold this is a an advanced hiking trail exactly like you have to have proper knowledge of this area in order order for you yeah because they wouldn't just let anybody hike this they were taken to trucks in a truck to this area. Is the the place where they ended up in the, the the mountain where they ended up in, is called Death Mountain. That's what the Mansi people called it. That's what the tribe people called it. They called it Death Mountain, and, and that's the where they ended up. Also believe there's a yeti out there. Like yeah. they believe like there's a monster out there, and they that's one of the things that they told the investigating officers mm-hmm. was that there's a creature out there dangerous which is why the people didn't want to go because they initially were like oh well you guys know the area and the people were like we're not going out there mm-hmm. that happened <laughs> yeah like, hell no, not as uh, not as far as the uh, as the original hikers had gone not where they're uh yeah, they were like we're not we're not going up there. yeah there's like no nah, that's too far but the large den that they found yeah that's that's well within the area of where they feel safe going so before uh so before they went up right there's another theory before they went up uh to the mountains to start their hike right they had also been sightings of orange lights in the sky by everybody down on the ground everybody around the towns you know there had been light sightings and there's also another area where people believe that there's aliens coming by and visiting and all that stuff right which um people believe that that's also why they went why they took a detour and they went like further off than their intended route because they thought that yeah they want to follow they want to follow the lights and to to the people that's like oh this explains the the radiation you know the these aliens came down and they must have controlled them somehow to leave their tent and that's why, and they made them walk through the woods in in a single file line, you know. And then they just killed them off there one by one, kind of a deal. That, that that's just the uh, you know, a couple of theories that exist. Which also they also conclude the the alien theory because um a lot of people who say they have alien abductions also come with injuries like that where it doesn't show outwardly, but, but it's they inserted. Show inwardly. Yeah. A lot of people say when they get abducted. 
that they do have fractured ribs, they have bruising, they have like something wrong with their head and there's all the internal bleeding. Mm -hmm. And now they say also that all of the shattered skulls and all the broken ribs, the way they were broken is not in a natural way. That in order for you to break the bones in this manner, you would need a lot of force, more than a single person can, more damage than a single person can put out. No matter how big you are, that's you know that's not how much force someone can put out. So I recall, I think it was compared to getting hit by a semi truck head on. Yes, that's how Damn. the thing. Mm-hmm. That's how bad the damage was to like they broke the shattered skulls, the broken bones, all that stuff. It was that bad that they were like, yeah, no one person can do this. I'm surprised that they managed to live through those injuries because those naturally those injuries would naturally kill somebody on the spot. Yeah, it's pretty insane that they were able to walk mm-hmm. at all, much less that far. Yeah, it took the it took them about four weeks for all of them to be found. So like the the search concluded sometime in March. Uh, the ones once they found all the bodies, but you know, theories and everything kept on going for like years after. Cause they're like, exactly how did they really die? You know what really happened? Because there's no way that you can just find these bodies like these, find bodies like these, and say, oh, it's just hypothermia. No, you know, people know hypothermia. People around the area know hypothermia. That was not hypothermia. The Russian government for you. When you're looking at all those signs, hypothermia would, wouldn't present that way. They would have frostbite, and a lot of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that's what the burns them... on their foot were. No, no. there was actual, like, they, burn they, burn. They actually checked compared to it to frostburn, because frostburn and normal burns you can kind of you can tell, tell the, difference. the difference and no they said this was like like fire burn mm-hmm. not frostbite not, actually yeah. tends to present internally to externally yeah and these whereas were yeah these were burn. external like somebody took like a torch and just burned their, their flesh on fire mm-hmm. now for the like around the earlier bodies, around the first bodies, there were uh, like little uh, what looks like to be like campfires, where they were trying to survive, where they're trying to stay warm. Cause I think two of the bodies were found around near a campfire. Yeah. If I remember, two of them were found. I think it was the the fifth and sixth body were mm. the ones that were found. Like they were only a few feet away from a campfire. Mm-hmm. And they said that it had been recently lit mm. when they found them. Okay, I I didn't see that, but the reason why I say I, the reason why I say that uh you know that why the fire was very prevalent because they also say that a side effect of hypothermia is um or one of the effects of hypothermia is you get your mind your mind is so cold and so conf- you start to get confused about what's going on. So you enter a, 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 a somewhat state of psychosis to where instead of cold, you feel hot. So people start to, you know, take off their clothes because you feel hot. But, they, uh, you know, and you start to like undress and your body starts to, you know, kind of give up pretty much. Yeah. 
and they're like, maybe this is why these bodies were found without clothes. But the, the bodies that were found without clothes were also found around campfires. With the campfires, they saw that there was campfires around. So they're like, no, there's no way that this could have happened because it looks like they're actively there uh, trying to stay warm. Yeah, they actively found ways to stay warm. Yeah. If they're in a forest, they can build fires. I mean, the wood's going to be a little wet. Yeah. But again, these are these are seasoned hikers. These people are prepared for these. That's what they also found weird. These people are prepared for these natural events, like incidents and stuff like that. So that's why they're like, how did how did these people die of hyperthermia? These people are seasoned, you know, athletes. Yeah. Were they found going down the mountain or? No, just completely. It was just complete parallel to the mountain. Straight path. Yeah. Okay. Like they didn't go up or down. They were just it's straight in the same side of the mountain. Like they they just like they didn't go further up and they didn't come down. They were. It... So they started like they were going up and then just went straight. Uh huh. Hmm. How far? How far were the bodies spaced apart when they dropped? Or did uh, they say anything like that? It was, any... it, it there was. Uh, there were hours like. Um, you can tell that they were, uh, by the way that they were scattered, you can mm-hmm. tell that they died hours apart from each other. So, uh... So, like, one would walk for, like, an hour or two and then... Die. Huh. And then the next one, and then the next, you know. And, and so, so pretty, yeah, like, a good two or three miles apart. Yeah. Assuming. Uh, assuming, depending on how much they were walking and all that stuff, but they were a good... Again. They're athletes, so they can walk pretty far. Yeah. Mm. Again, but remember, they were also fucked up. You no. know, it's kind of like that, but they don't feel it because yeah. of the cold. You, it's possible they couldn't even feel it, and especially if they're not mentally there, there. or if the, again, if they're running from something, that adrenaline is not gonna let you feel that shit. Yeah, not gonna let them feel it. They're gonna keep going. Remember, these people were level two hikers. Level like. like a, which is like damn near like they were going for the level three, which is like you hit level three, you have a mastery of hiking. You know, the hell you want. yeah, you can climb rocks without rope if you want. Yeah, that's when they let you do. And they let you in anywhere and everywhere. They don't question you for shit. Like that's how much these people knew about hiking and the weather and everything around them. So that's so to them. It's like, how did you just kind of? Collapse, you know. Oh, yeah. What happened to him? That's why it's it's one of the biggest mysteries because, like, they're still investigating this to this day. Yeah. What happened to these people? Because they like they people they try to give you like uh, you know the Russian government at that time the Soviet Union gave them answers just to kind of like whatever it, like it's over with. Uh, the Russian government gave people answers like okay it's over with. Uh, there's still a lot of people and families that were not satisfied with, of course, the answers that were given. Some could say the Soviet Union was Stalin, but... Uh... Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> this will be my last day on this podcast. God damn it. Sam left. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that... 
that was that. Like, they still don't know, and there's still no way of explaining how. Like, there's video of them, like, you know, of them before they perished. That's how they know, like, what happened and what they saw. Because these people had cameras. Like, they had full cameras. They were... Yeah, they had... Apparently, the government still hasn't released a lot of the footage that they found on those cameras. Mm -mm. Like, that they just refused to release it. Yeah. So, they think that the government does know what happened and did see on those those pictures and video. Yeah. But they're like, no, we're not giving yeah. it. Because all of the stuff was found there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and people are trying to find out like why were why was their clothes radiated? You know, why was there radiation there? You no, know, maybe it was uh no they died to uh Soviet Union testing some, something somewhere yeah, around maybe there. Maybe they saw something that they didn't they weren't supposed to. Yeah. So while you're reading that story, um, I did research on the Monty <laughs> tribes in the area. Yeah. Uh, one thing that popped up is there's these ancient nano structures discovered in the mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's... yeah. In September 19, 2022. So I don't think that alien theory is too far off, especially yeah. if they're just now discovering these structures or is being brought to light to this day. Yeah. Uh, Another thing is Russia does have a lot of alien activity. A lot of those alien videos you will find, like the UFOs, the lights. Mm -hmm. They come all come from, from Russia. Russia. There's a lot of them that come from Russia. Does Russia and the aliens have like a little joint pack? Because you do have to remember ahead of us in the space race at first. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Stop. We're on live stream. They do know. <laughs> they do seem to know something. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Russia, I feel like Russia is kept secret and they keep their secrets for a reason. Yeah. I've even had people, like, I, people I know from Russia and they're just like, our government don't tell us shit, but they don't want to know shit. They're just like, we don't want to know. Yeah, because there's just a lot of shit that's going on there. Like, that, no, that's no. Because, like, but, yeah. again, we've seen, like, they've seen the lights. We've seen, like, you know, what they're capable of. We've seen what they test, at least the what we've seen. So that's like, no. Oh, these people also sued the government trying to get those videos, and the government just laughed at them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they tried. They tried the everything. Government does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They laughed at him, paid him off, said shut up. Mhm. Mm and they said, "Well, you're not getting anything." They tried everything to try to get you no know, what like you're every everything from their family members back, but they're like, "No, you're not getting." It. They didn't even get the clothes back. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. the clothes weren't even given back to them. They were just kept. They, they asked like. Like, for certain personal belongings, they're like, well, did you find this? Did you find that? Mm -hmm. And they're like, none of your business. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even tell, like, you know, what personal belongings, how did they uh, recognize them? Nothing. Yeah. They're just like, the oh. Will be like, well, I know this person took this. Did you find this? And they're mm -hmm. like, no. They just let them know, like, okay, this is this people. 
How do you know it's his people? Well, we just know. You don't know what you're talking about, Kamala. It's just these people. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> the pictures that they did release, they were stolen. <laughs> they, the government didn't release them. Yeah. No, nobody <laughs> had... Yeah, nobody had permission to release these pictures. They were just kind of... Yeah, they were leaked. Yeah. They were, like, just released. That's why there was only so little amount of pictures that there is. And you can Google this. Like, you can Google these. There's actually more... Like, there's a couple movies about this, too. There's a lot more. There's a couple movies, couple documentaries about this. There's a lot about this. Like, some of them... Like, some of the pictures are really more graphic. Yeah. Probably couldn't get away with showing on Twitch. Or on YouTube. <laughs> or on YouTube. Yeah. So. I kept it safe. I kept it simple. That's why I kept it with the uh with the black and black and white pictures. Because they are colored pictures. I'm sorry. And... I've heard it since I was like 13. That's how like famous that piece is. Mm-hmm. I heard like, it forever ago you know, too. Yeah. I've heard it forever. And a lot of people I think have heard it. But they're just not like it doesn't click that hey it's this because it seems so unreal to people. Yeah. Because it's just like because a lot of the time people go with more of the paranormal route rather than hey these people actually died and wow. nobody did anything about it like these are actual victims. Yeah, it just so happened to a lot of these people who just kind of they just let them die. They're like okay sure what happened whatever. They, uh, they, a lot of them made it seem like, oh, it was just an accident. Like, there's, there was no accident with all this shit went on. There's even a lot of like, mysterious ways. Even in more modern days, like, like the families have asked, oh. can we please exhume the bodies and things like that? Like, with more technology that's come out that now we can do that, where we can exhume those old bodies and try and see if we can find anything. Or, like, give us the evidence so that we can figure out if there's anything we're missing. And Russia and went. Government, what you know? bodies? What yeah. bodies? Because the bodies weren't given back by you. No. Russia went full Debo. What bodies? Never mind. Yeah, they're your bodies. They completely were just like, <laughs> there's nothing here. Yeah. And I think that uh, it wasn't like until like a couple like a couple years after that that people were able to go back into the mountains. They completely shut off that mountain. That like the whole hiking trail area if you look now a lot of like places like even the, the history channel used to send a lot of like their because you know how they do those investigation shows mm-hmm. um discovery channel and history channel they've actually sent people up in that path trying to find clues and trying to um replicate in a way yeah replicate to see what could have happened and they're like whatever they're talking about just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, and they do say that 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 trail is very eerie. Like, you just don't get good vibes on it. Mm-mm. And it's extremely complicated to get up there. It was extremely hard to be up wherever yeah. their tent was. It wasn't. It wasn't an easy way to just get up there and be like, "Oh, okay, I'm already here." This is like, "Oh, like, uh, no, it's in the middle of the trail." You just kind of step off to the side and there make a tent there no like they traveled there like they had to make their own path to these areas because it wasn't just like oh I, I could just step off and here it is like, no not at all nothing it was also 
wooded area, so mm -hmm. just like you're you're fighting through brushes along, as well as the snow and mm -hmm. it's just it wasn't any good harsh climate. Yep. And everyone knows Russian snow is hella cold. Like their winters are just death. Terrible. All right. Well, we, let's go on to our third story. Seppi, what do you got for us? Let's go on with the let's go with the long one. All right, so for mine, we're coming back to the good old USA. Yay! So here we are about to do the murder go. of Route Ten Forty Six. God bless otherwise America. Known, otherwise known as the mysterious murder of Ronald T. Owens. Ronald McDonald. So, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> On Wednesday, January 2nd, 1935, at 1.20 p.m., a man wearing a nice black coat walked into the President Hotel in Kansas City. Witnesses say the man had brown hair, a scar on his scalp on the right side above his ear, and they noticed the scar because the hair didn't grow in right where the scar was. Mm -hmm. um, he was husky, tall, and he had a cauliflower ear, which made people presume that, you know, he was a boxer or a fighter. Um, normally, you see that type of injury on fighters. Yeah. Um, he looked between the ages of 20 to, like, early 30s. They weren't really sure. Um, the staff says he was polite. When he arrived, he went to go check in. He gave the name Ronald T. Owens. He gave an address in Los Angeles because back then you would have to give your address to sign in. I don't think you have to do that anymore by hotels. No. Um, we're at the ask so agent. I'm not sure. I don't think so. You have yeah. to provide uh, proof of residency. Your ID, yeah. but yeah, but he back then you had to write down your exact address. No. So he was like, so he wrote down that he was from Los Angeles. Yeah. Um. He asked for a single room on the upper floors. He made note that he said that... They made note that he said that he previously went to go stay at another neighboring hotel, but that the prices were outrageous. Um, the hotel at then, where he was staying at the president, was only $5. That today would be $100 per night. Mm. And so the bellhop that day was um, Rodolph Prospect. He then escorts Owens up to the 10th floor into room 1046. Uh, Rudolph notices that Owen has no luggage, but once um, he takes Owen to his room, he makes notice that Owen pulls out a comb, a brush, and toothpaste from his pocket. Nothing mm. else. He, the man has nothing else. Um, another note about this hotel the only way you come in and out of those rooms is with a single key. Yeah. So you have to unlock it from the outside or the inside of the room. And okay. that's the only way you get in or out. Yeah. So it's only just it's you, big, the, the key that you have you and have that's it. Have, yeah, yeah. The key that you have, there's no internal lock. It's just the key. Mm. So... Rudolph takes him up to the room. He's like, here's your key, sir. He takes notice. He leaves. Um, five minutes later, Owens leaves the room. 
and is back downstairs, leaves the hotel. So they make note of that. They're like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. He just got here. Yeah. He just leaves. They also kind of think it's a little bit weird that, you know, he didn't have any luggage. Yeah. And so, um, once that they're outside, so, uh, lost my place. Okay, so the next day, the daymate comes in. Her name is Mary um, Septic. She was working on the 10th floor. She was cleaning the rooms, and then upon entering room 1046, uh, the she noticed the door was unlocked, so she let herself in. She was surprised to find Owen just sitting there in the dark. The curtains were drawn, and there was only one lamp on. And he was sitting there in his his coat on the bed, silent. So she she thought it was really strange. And it surprised her because the night before, a woman was staying in that room. And so she oh, apologized to him. Hold on, hold on. She's so, like, so in the same room that he was in, right, which is 1046, the room that he put, that he got, there was a woman the night before? before there was a woman staying there hmm okay so remember he left the hotel uh -huh. that night yeah and so the nobody saw him come back in that's the thing either nobody saw him come back to the hotel so again this is mary she's doing her work it's probably around like 1 p.m yeah and she's just busy cleaning she goes into the room she says it was unlocked, so, you know, she was like, all right, nobody's there. Uh -huh. So she walks in, sees him sitting on the bed in the dark, just sitting there. So, okay. again, it creeps her out. She's like, oh, my God, you walk in her room, man, just sitting there in the dark. Yeah. She apologizes to him. She's like, I'm sorry, I'll go. And he's like, no, it's fine. Come in, clean the room. Yeah. So she gets she gets busy cleaning the room. Um, she like I said, she notices the curtains were drawn. There was one singular dim lamp on. She noticed that he kind of seemed like he was worried or afraid of something, hmm. and that that's just the manner he gave off. And then after a few minutes, he gets up from the bed and then brushes his hair and left the room. But before he leaves, he tells her. When you're done cleaning, please don't lock the door. Uh, I'm waiting for a friend who should be here in a few minutes. So she's like, okay, sure. I'm, I won't lock the door. Mm -hmm. So she continues finishing cleaning. And then she goes to grab the towels so that she can go and wash them. And she goes, she grabs the towels, she leaves, carries on with her day. Yeah. At 4 p.m., Mary then brings up fresh towels to the room. The door still remained unlocked, so Mary just lets herself in again. As she enters the room, it's still dark. Owen is now laying there in the bed fully dressed. Again, she apologizes, says, I'm sorry, I'm just here to bring the towels. He says, do what you need to do. And she notices with the light from the hallway leading into the room yeah. that there's a note on the bedside table. 
and it reads exactly quote for quote Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. End quote. And after she leaves his house, she leaves. And that's the end of the day. Yeah. So now, on January 3rd, the next morning around 10.30, Mary returns to clean the room again. Uh-huh. She finds the room is locked this time. When she... So she assumes Owen is out, since, you know, the doors can only be locked with the key. Yeah. So she's like, all right, he's out. Let me go in and clean the room. Again, she finds Owen sitting in the dark on the bed, just staring out. Like, So she's like, okay. This time, though, the phone rings. Owen answers the phone. And she hears him say, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. No, I'm not hungry. And then he hangs up the phone. So, Mary kind of takes a little bit of a note of that. Yeah. She continues to, to keep cleaning the room. This time, Owen is a little much nicer to her. And he's being more talkative. And he's like, you know, asking her about... You know how about the hotel about her job like if she's seen any like just random talk about like the day yeah so she makes note again he mentions how a neighboring hotel he seen at had a ridiculous price of ten dollars per stay yeah and how he was so glad he found the president for a cheaper price so then She's like, okay, she takes the towels, she leaves. Um, she continues on with her work. Again at 4 p.m., she comes up with the clean towels. Uh, but this time when she gets to the door, she makes note that she hears two men inside the room this time. That she hears them talking. So she knocks on the door, says, hello, I have your towels. Then she hears a deep, loud, gruff voice say, and again, this is quote for quote, we don't need any. So, Mary, hearing that, she's like, she knows this isn't true. Because again, she took the towels. There's yeah. no towels in this room. But not wanting to cause confrontation, she's like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'll bring the towels later. Yeah. So, um, she goes, continues about her day. So, So, um, Owen isn't the only one person on this floor. Just make note that, again, it's a busy hotel. Um, the President Hotel has been a popular hotel for many years. They held presidential elections there, hence its name. Yeah. So, that day, a woman named Jean, um, comes in and she says at the hotel because she was out working. She felt sick, didn't want to go home because she lived out of Candace City. Yeah. So she calls her boyfriend says, look, I'm going to stay here for the night. Her boyfriend comes, visits her. And then, like, he stays till about, like, 9 p.m., leaves. Yeah. Mayor, uh, Jean then says all night she couldn't sleep because she then proceeds to hear a man and woman arguing. All night, just arguing and arguing. Now, Jean is in 1048, so she's very close to, to room 1046. 
Yeah. So she thinks that it's coming from there. Now, the elevator operator, Chris um, Belcher, says that the hotel was busy that day till about 1.30 p.m. at night. And then it quieted down except for a party in 10.55, which is on that same floor. So then we go to the next day, January 4th. A switchboard operator comes in to start her day. Her name is, um, if I remember, it's Della. So she starts her day. She needs to make a wake-up call to 1046. Yeah. But she notices that the light indicating that the phone is off the hook is flashing. So she calls the front desk, says, hey, look, the light's off. I need to make this wake-up call. One of y'all needs to go up and tell him either to hang up the phone or wake him up. Yeah. And so Randolph, again, Randolph is the one who's there. The the bellboy from the first day. Yeah. So that Owen arrives. So he goes up to the room, notices the door is locked with a do not disturb sign on the handle. He doesn't have the key when he goes up, so he knocks on the door like loudly several times he then hears a voice inside telling him to come in again he doesn't have the keys so he knocks again says hello lets him know I don't have the key I can't come in yeah um he hears no sound of like movement but again he hears a voice telling him to come in and when he comes in to turn on the lights and so again Randolph says I don't have the key he notices that no one's coming to let him in so he says just hang up the phone put it on the hook and leaves so Randolph goes downstairs he tells Dola hey look I think the dude upstairs is still drunk just call him in like about like an hour yeah like around this time it's like 830 so he's like call him in an hour we'll see what happens so then Dola goes and she tells him again, hey, the phone is still off the hook. Yeah. So even if I wait an hour, I can't, I can't call him. So Randolph is pissed at this point. He, so he sends the other bellboy, whose name is Harold. I can't remember what. It's Harold something. Cool. Somewhere or other. Sorry. Harold Pike is his name. So he sends Harold Pike up to 1046 with the key. He says, go tell this fool, hang up the damn phone. Yeah. And so Pike enters, so Pike knocks, doesn't hear an answer. So he's like, all right. He's like, okay, this is weird. He opens the door, walks in, finds Owen completely naked on the bed, laying there. So I would have walked out. I'm sorry. He assumes that he's drunk. Mm-hmm. He tells him, you know, he's he's talking to him. He's like, sir, please, we just need you to hang up the phone. He he kind of gets a little disturbed because Owen isn't saying anything, and he's laying there naked. So he just rushes in, hangs up the phone. While he entering, he says that he makes note that. But with the hallway light hitting the bed, it seems like Owen's laying in a dark spot. Hmm. Like, there's dark spots around where he's laying. 
Yeah. So he wasn't gonna turn on the like he did, he told him I didn't want to turn on the light because he was naked. Sure. He's like, there's a there's a naked man there. I ain't, I ain't dealing with that. Yeah. yeah. I want to so, see that shit. Okay. Around ten forty-five, the phone goes off the hook again. So this time, Dola tells her manager, the phone is off the hook for the same room again. I don't know what to do. Manager goes, calls Randolph. Hook is off, the phone is off the hook again. Do something about it. Yeah. Because it, it interrupts their work day. So they're like, he's like, do something. So Randolph at this time is just done. Yeah, he's, he's had like, it with that room. All right. So he's like, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk to him. I'm done. Yeah. He walks up the stairs. He goes up to the room, opens the door, but can, can't open it more than a few inches. Because right in front of the door, Ronald T. Owens is lying down with his hands. He says he's laying on the floor with his head in his hands, surrounded by blood. The fuck? So by the time, so he's like freaking out. So Randolph manages to flip on the light, mm-hmm. move Owens, and push his way into the room. Upon entering that room, well, speaking of lights, got him. <laughs> Sorry. So upon entering that room, Randolph makes notice that there's blood everywhere, on the floor. On the walls, the bed, the ceiling, the bathroom, anywhere you can see blood, there's it's there's blood. Like he's so he's freaking out. He also notices that Owen was bound by a telephone cord around his neck, his hands, and his feet. He had several stab wounds, and you could tell that he'd been hit on the head. But he, hmm. the one thing he notices is that Owen is still breathing. So Randolph runs his ass out of that hotel room, gets his manager, and they call the police. Yeah. So upon the police's arrival, they bring a doctor named Dr. Flanders. Um, he immediately begins trying to help Owen, resuscitate him, trying to get him. Surprisingly, Owen is still alive and barely conscious during yeah. all of this. The so from the examination of the wounds he had about seven to ten chest stabs in his chest. He had blunt force trauma to the head. Again, he was bound around the neck and it looked like he had been strangled. And he one of the stab wounds that he got inflicted to him mm-hmm. punctured his lung. And, and he was still alive? And yeah. He's still alive. And a po- so Dr. Flanders not only examined Owens, but he examined the blood in the room. And he told him from the state of the blood in the room, he could tell that this all happened between 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. So he's like, there's, there's a lot of, he's like, so there's a lot of time that went by and the fact that this man is still alive is insane. So while the doctor is trying to get him, you know, hey, come on, stay with me, Uh he asked Owens, who did this to you? 
Owens replies to him, nobody. So then the doctor asks him, well, then how did you get all these injuries? I fell and I hit the side of the bathtub. He then immediately loses consciousness. What? Yep. They take Owens to the hospital, where he then goes into a coma. So, shortly after he goes into a coma, around midnight, Ronald T. Owens passes away. So, now everyone's like, well, this man died. We don't know what happened. They started investigating, you know, the blood in the room, yeah. trying to find evidence. So, while searching the room, detectives not only make a, like note of what they find, but what they don't find. So, remember, Owen came in with a brush, toothpaste, a comb, and in the clothing on his back. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was found other than the tag of the necktie Owens was wearing when he arrived at the hotel. All his clothing was missing. All the amenities of the hotel, the shampoo, the soaps, the towels, the toothpaste, everything like that, all completely gone. There was nothing in the room. The mink cleaned What up. they did find was... Like, they didn't find the knife that Ronald was stabbed with. Because they, from the, the way they said that the stab wounds looked, it was a knife that mm. stabbed him. Yeah. Um, the detective says they didn't find the knife. That one of the glasses from the room yeah. was found shattered in the bathroom sink. And a shard from that glass was missing. Just one shard. Like, one big shard. Just completely gone. <laughs> And so, they also found a hairpin, an unsmoked cigarette, and a full bottle of sulfuric acid. Um, what the fuck was he trying to do? Yeah, that's what, what baffled them. They're like, what, what, what is all this? The last thing that detectives make note of is four small fingerprints found on the telephone and the lamp right by the bed. These fingerprints, they say that they could tell belonged to a woman because of how small and dainty they were. Yeah. And so with these prints, they test everyone in the hotel. None of them are a match. You have to remember, this is um, the 1930s. Yeah. You have to go off a little card or what you have in front of you. Otherwise, you're not going to find who did this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, the police start looking for the next of kin, because they're like, look, we got nothing to start looking. Find whoever this man's family is, maybe we'll find answers that way. Yeah. So they go, they run his name, they run his address, they send it to L.A. And the L.A. police are like, there's no one who has ever lived here with that name. There is no listing for a Ronald T. Owens here. So then they're like, okay, well, that's very strange. Because like, we have him dead here. Yeah, we have, his, we have his name. He listed this address. He listed you all as his um, next of kin. 
like he, that his next of kin is there, and he's just like that's that's just not possible. Mm-hmm. So, as you remember, Owen makes note that all the people make note Owen was complaining about a previous hotel that he stayed at. Yeah. So this was the hotel Mitchellbach. So the police check the registry. They take his picture. They're like, "Have you seen this man?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, we've seen him." He's registered under a different name with a different address. Here, he's registered as Eugene K. Scott. So, they're like, okay, who is this? And they're like, so this leads the detectives to another name used by Owen, Cecil Warner. Owen had attempted to be signed for wrestling matches using that name, but that's all they know. That it's, again, not his real name. So now, they have no idea who this man is. So the detectives and the police turn to the media. They're like, look, we have no idea who he is. Can you print this in the paper scene? So with that, they do get a lot of people coming in. There's a few sightings. Um... They had people coming in trying to identify the body. One person thought it was their cousin. Yeah. But the sister of the cousin said no, that that man had died five years earlier and that it couldn't be him. So, but she's like, but they did look oddly similar. Mm. Another sighting one man, Robert Lane, believed he gave Owen a ride to a taxi on the night of January 3rd at 10 p.m. He claimed Owen flagged him down, believing he was a taxi, but apologized when he realized he wasn't. Lane, seeing Owen without, was without a coat, had a deep scratch on his arm, offered to take him to a taxi. While driving, Lane didn't ask his name or for any other information, but he noticed that he was bleeding from his arm and possibly from other injuries. Lane brought him to a taxi, never saw Owen again. Um, The detectives kind of dismiss this lead after the hotel staff denied seeing Owen return that night with any injuries Yeah. Um, prior to the January 4th but Dr. Flanders also placed um, the injuries of Owen's body had occurred between 4 to 5 a.m. so Sorry. based on the blood and on Owen's body and in the room like it just didn't seem plausible they dismissed that mm. so then the, by March the, the case is cold. The detectives have no idea who Owen is and no one was that could identify him because remember he talked to you multiple times to a man named Don. Yeah. Don, they couldn't find him. They couldn't find the Don he was talking to. None of the hotel staff really saw him so they were just like, alright. Yeah. So then an announcement was made in the papers that the man who claimed to be Ronald T. Owens would be buried in a pauper's grave basically isn't going to have a funeral, they're just going to dig a hole, pop him in there. Yeah. So that same day, at the Melody McGully funeral home where he was, um, they received an anonymous phone call asking for Owen not to be buried yet. They said they would send him money that would cover a proper funeral and a proper burial. So three weeks later, on March 23rd, the funeral home does actually receive an envelope with about $25 which would have been enough to cover the funeral hmm. and the burial. So 
the only thing in the envelope is saying, please bury him at Mer Memorial Park Cemetery next to his sister. The sister? Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. He had a sister? So then, so then during the funeral, the funeral home receives a floral bouquet for Owen with a card reading, Love Forever, Luis. Besides that name, the sender, and the caller, no one besides the detectives attend the funeral. The trail then goes cold again. What the fuck? And so, there is an anonymous caller, though. One, so, there's a story that one of the papers claims is that. Yeah. Uh, caller who sent the money to the funeral home apparently the funeral home talked to him and they tried to get more information out of him and he said that he was doing it for his sister and that quote cheaters usually get what's coming to them so this kind of led the belief that you know Ronald T. Owens is doing some, some shady biz yeah obviously and they're just like but so like the story is that they said that he was having an affair with a woman who was with a man he got caught doing that and that's why they killed him that's one of the theories so again trail goes cold almost two years after the murder police in Kansas City receive a correspondence from a woman named Roby Ogletree. A friend of hers saw the picture of Ronald T. Owens and he's like, she takes it to her friend she's like, man, this really looks like your son. So Ruby, freaking out, was like, hey, I want to know, is this my kid? So after speaking with the police, identifying the scars and features of Ronald T. Owens, his true identity is finally confirmed. His real name was Artemis Ogletree, the son of Ruby Ogletree, and he was only 17 years old. Not 20 to 35, like people believed. How the fuck was he so young, but fooled everyone to be so old? I mean, people, some people just look older than they actually are. But that so, much older? Shit. So now, despite knowing who Ronald T. Owens now really is, more questions are brought because of this. So, Ruby says that Artemis left home in 1934 to travel the country and on occasion would receive handwritten letters from him. But in 1935, she began to receive typed letters. Three letters were sent to her from someone claiming to be Artemis, despite that. At that dead. time, the murder had already happened. She's already dead. Ruby stated that the letters were not in Artemis's usual slang, so she's like, it doesn't sound like him. And that the last letter she received was from a person pretending to be her son, claimed he was leaving to the U.S. and heading to Egypt. In 1936, before knowing her son was dead... She attempted to try and find him with, like, she called the Cairo Consul, like, the U.S. Consulate in Cairo. Yeah. None of them find that he had traveled there. 
So around the same time, detectives were able to confirm that Artem was seated in another hotel in Kansas City before his death. And that he shared a room with a man, possibly Don. And they think that that is somewhere tied in. So with all that, not only after she received the letters, she gets a phone call from a man claiming to be a friend of Artemis's, and she said that he told her her son left home and that he saved his life and he was forever grateful to Artemis and that he had found a nice Egyptian woman and that he married her and he couldn't write to her because in the fight where he saved this man he lost a thumb so he told him hey can you call my mom mm. And so she's like, that's that just doesn't sound right. So again, the case goes cold. And honestly, to this day, they have nothing else. They think that, um, so one of the theories is that Don might have been like a mafia boss, that he just got in some trouble. Because again, this is when, you know, gangsters were a thing in the 1930s. Yeah. Don thinks his regard. <laughs> this is when mobs were at their like height so they think that you know he was sleeping either he was in a relationship with the woman or he was in a relationship with Dawn but cheated on one of them and that's what got him killed but then it's like what's with the sulfuric acid like that's the one thing like where people are like okay well maybe that's where it came in because again, they couldn't find fingerprints anywhere except for this lamp and phone. That's true. They could have used the sulfuric acid to kind of clean up the whole area and make sure there was no prints left behind. I said the the major thing that mob bosses used to use back then was sulfuric acid. Hmm. So, with all this being, that's the end of the case of room. Ooh. 1046, a.k.a. the mysterious murder of Ronald T. Owens, a.k.a. Artemis Hogeltree. That's fucking well, it's a wild trip of a fucking murder. That shit's so fucking weird. Just like, there's just that. all these small details that, because it, it's really funny because a lot of these details they're like this man wasn't significant yeah but he gave off this vibe where they had to pay attention because they're just like is yes. something up with this dude she's like listen like, to me but who, who was locking his door yeah like who was locking him in who was Don um what was he into that where who was the woman who left the fingerprints where why was he go? sitting in a room by himself with the lamp on? Yeah, like, why was he just sitting there in the dark? Like, none of it makes sense. And, like, at first they're like, oh, well, maybe he committed suicide. But with the way the wounds are inflicted and the way his hands were bound. You can there's tell there's no, no way. possible way it was suicide. Yeah, because, I mean... For it to be suicide, one, you're already tied up as it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just 
say that, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, cause these wounds to myself. Because you can also tell the way you cut into yourself. The angle and everything about the entry point is significant. So, to this day, you can still go and stay in the President Hotel, but um, they've now renovated it. So, you know, they renovated it so you can't stay in that room anymore. Like, they can give you a general area, but it's all been renovated. Yeah, they would knock the whole place down and get rid of that room. And then, um, another theory, though, is that people think that this, this murder didn't actually happen. What? That's another theory. Oh, okay. So here, this murder didn't come into the light until the 2000s. Where did it come from? A man was sent, a a reporter was sent a a bunch of articles in a box from the Kansas news. And he published them because he thought, why isn't anybody, like, talking about this? Yeah, why doesn't anybody know this? And so when people try and get in contact with this person, he doesn't respond. So they think it could just be all made up by this one man, this one reporter. The way the internet works, uh, I could see it. Because back then, you really couldn't... But then again, back then, you really couldn't keep that much... Especially yeah. for small... Back then, Kansas City, small city. Yeah. They yes. wouldn't really keep the articles. Like, a lot of the time, they get lost, they get burnt... Yeah. Water damage. They weren't kept. Transportation, like, all that good stuff. It's really hard to find things like that. Yeah. So they're just like, so for people, it's it's hard to find. And they're like, well, why can't we find anything else about this person? Then again, you really don't know who this person is, what he did. It's all fucking weird, cause again, like like you said, like this person is just an everyday person, but he made it to where he demanded attention. To where, even if you make this, even if this is all made up, the amount of creativity and thought process into all of this is a lot. This man should be writing books. (laughs) Man probably is writing books. Probably. No, they say he's just some, some reporter from some paper. That's all they said. That's all. Like, I mean, they mentioned his name, but no, he's not, like, anyone big Disney. Like I mean like a lot of people wouldn't even know he's associated with this mm. well there's also um, you would think right that if this like if this actually happened that there would be a paper trail from like the police and everybody else there yeah, that's, that's why one like I said it was one person I saw that like looked into it like hardcore looked into it yeah and they said that they couldn't find any real trail yeah or like maybe it's fake but at the same time they really don't have that conclusive evidence to say it is fake Mm. there was some damn go continues the mystery of Oh, whatever many aliases that that boy had. Yeah, he was 17. He was a boy. They found a lot. Yeah, he was, he was a kid. It's still fucking weird to me. People thought this, this person was a grown man, but no, he's just a kid. He just like went that. Out on his 
died. Like that, that one kid that was uh, doing false checks. They made a movie about him. Catch me if you can. Oh, yeah. He was like 16. Like this man just... I mean, uh, back then, you know, you were a man at like, like 15. Yeah, you could get away with shit like that back then. Yeah, you could, you, you could hide about your ID. You could just give him a name and be like, that's my name. If you grew facial hair too when you were young, you also could just get away with it. But, I don't know. It's all... I just thought it was a very interesting case. I thought, you know... It's very interesting. It may not, it's, it's not spooky, but it is a mental mindfuck. What's scarier than that? Well, it clearly scared Sam from going to any hotel, so... I didn't say that. I'm just yeah, not but... going to that hotel. I was just like, we, go to the, we can go to the Cecil Hotel. hotel. Nope. Yeah, let's go to Cecil. They reopened it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called it's the Stay now. For, yeah. Good. It's reopened for people staying. Nah. Good. <laughs> I don't want to be in the tank. <laughs> okay, fine. Or oh, worse. I don't know. Either way. I'll have David tie you to the bed. Us. You can fucking try. <laughs> You, better yet, Sampy, no, you don't know I'm, how big this man is. No, he. I will be thrown. I will be thrown across the room. I will. You will see me in the other room. Hey, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll just take a trip down to uh, Goldman's Bridge. It'll be all right. No, stop giving me the douche. I'm not gonna do none of that shit. I haven't gotten you like, to do it. I just keep away, inviting don't you. Don't put that thought in my head. Like this whole season. Like, fuck it. Like, I'm just here, but fuck it. But what about after this season? Will you do it after the season? No. We'll go, for, Christ- we'll go for Christmas. We'll we'll do do like, we'll do is- That's not a Christmas gift. What we'll do is come, we'll be like, hey guys, let's go take a trip. This, you know, let's go do this. We're going to go down. Where are we at? Oh, we got to make a pit stop real quick. I'm going to find spooky shit for Colorado. I'm going to find spooky shit for Colorado. I ain't going to tell y'all shit. Sam's like, I'm not doing shit with y'all no more. <laughs> Pretty much. I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying home. I know where we're going now, so I, like, no. I'm, I'm going to find... has like, a bunch of scary shit, too. To That's do. fine. I stay away from it. That's cool. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> the reaction. That's fun. <laughs> like, legit, y'all have one of the most haunted hotels. Okay. Do we? Yeah. I think okay. the St. James is... In Arlington. I know where that one's no, at. No. I think I know where that one's at. I think I've seen it before. Oh, there's a lot of shit going on too with the with the new uh the highways fam, so what's going on with the highway, bro? Besides the fact that they that, that they tried hard to not disturb the cemetery that's right there close to it. Man, that shit happens in my town every day. Y'all can yeah, with that Halloween. You're talking about where the loop is? Yeah. Yeah. The the new loop yeah. and all the the yeah. new the new yeah the new intersections yeah yeah they're yeah. trying hard not to I just realized that God damn God damn it mm, you know what I hope those ghosts realize that you know they're in the Grand Perry side so they're like oh, we'll go over the Grand fuck that no. you're too far from us anyway so the one hey, and that's fine that's fine <laughs> that is fine. What we need to do is just go hide in the back of his truck one in his SUV one night. Nope. All my massage stuff is in there. Good luck. 
You don't have any fucking space. There is no space. That is the space. Heard tapping on his window. I just heard. Guess I just, what? I just heard tapping yeah, on my window like up. a little while ago. That's why I turned around. Is that why you were like looking around? Yeah, cause I heard like popping at first, and then I and then I take off my like one of my ears, and I just hear. Let's see. You guys have the screaming bridge at River Legacy Park. I'm oh, I, I, I've been there. I've been there a couple times. Lost Cemetery of Infants. Don't care. Go. Arlington uh-huh. Music Hall. And believe it or not. The music hall is haunted? Wait. Yeah. yeah. Which music hall? The the one Arlington downtown? The one. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one uh, it's the one The one in front of the library, right? Fred is the name of the ghost in residence owner Gene Collins has come to know at Arlington Music Hall. Arlington sixty five year old downtown music venue. Mm-hmm. Not only did she couch sounds, but invisible beings moving on the stage with her own. But she's seen countless um, others and employees have seen the ghosts. They're dead serious when they tell you the lights have come back on and off. And that Howard Ball of the theater next door, the next door neighbor's babe chicken diner house, says that he has also seen some strange occurrences, including Fred himself walking up to him and asking to look around the restaurant and says that he used to live there. You want to go to Babe's Chicken next time we hang out? <laughs> yeah. yeah so but that's it. <laughs> it's like, literally right. No more. That's fine. Look. <laughs> I the the ghost ain't crossing the road. I know from fact ghost watchers there are bound to a certain place. And they, they can't go into But it says that it goes into into Babe's Chicken. Oh, it's Casper. He's going to be my friend. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna go on adventure. No, fuck the that ghost friend. said he lives friend. in Babe Chicken. Yeah, he okay. travels from the music hall to Babe no. Chicken. Yeah, Sampy just said I'm at good. the end. I'm good. <laughs> you guess yeah, we, can go, we can go to one of Burson. How about that? It's yeah, yeah, why it travels so far. Park is probably the most haunted place. Yeah, River Legacy is haunted as shit. Yeah, I'm not going there. That's you've been you you've been I'm, in shows. I'm not be persona non grata in Burleson. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, no. Like, are you seen? You've seen the bridge, right, at River Legacy on the trail? Uh, nope. Have you Have you not been on the trail? I have been on the trail, but okay. I'm just saying no, because you I don't just... need that shit living in my head. <laughs> you so, refuse to accept the reality. I refuse. To know. I know it's a reality, but as soon as I say yeah, uh. It's exist. No, it's gonna. Re- re- I don't know that back. bridge. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> it's funny enough. It's not even there anymore. It's been destroyed forever ago. It's been knocked down forever oh, ago. Yeah. Oh good. But you can still you can still see the 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 huge uh, concrete beam in the middle, and you can see where it leads off to the other end. I stood there like I stood at the edge like where the bridge would begin. Most of downtown Arlington is also haunted. Yeah. Most of downtown Arlington. Uh, you also have an old post chapel. I don't know. At that uh, Arlington National Cemetery. Oh. Wakefield High School. Wakefield? Uh-huh. Wakefield High School. Hmm. Arlington Hall. And that's about it. Yeah. Cool. Now, now yeah, send us what to avoid. 
Um, but they say that the the hall, the Wakefield High School, that they demolished where the ghost was. So. Still don't mean shit, but okay. Just so y'all know that every you know theater is haunted in any school. Oh, without a doubt, Disney told me that there is always a Phantom of the Opera. Disney told me that. That's why um, they leave the ghost light on that the spirits from the plays that you do. Is it ghost light? Yeah. You're always supposed to leave the ghost light on. Is he there inside your mind, Sam? No. <laughs> do, you no. Wanna, do you want to turn around? No. Stop. Do you start singing? <laughs> okay. What the fuck was that? Oh, that was the sign? <laughs> <laughs> Sam is so on edge. He's all hell no. Go home, Mike. Take it. Take it. Take it. Sam, do you need to turn a light on? <laughs> you need. You need full LED lights. Everything. Just, wah, fuck it. Bright. But yeah, also Six Flags. Because apparently Six Flags is also on. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't because uh, all the shit that goes on there. Yeah. Ridiculous. Alright, we're going to finish it off in Annie. <laughs> Alright, everybody. This has been another episode of uh, Mismatch Misfits. Talk about a lot of mysterious deaths, a lot of weird ways that people died and just can't seem to ever find the answers. Or, no. The government doesn't want to let you know about the way you died. <laughs> they just like you to be you know the Soviet Union just likes to be stalling with their answers ah. <laughs> alright everybody that's crazy that well, one hurt that one hurt everybody uh, next week what are we talking about next week Sampy or next next podcast um, oh me I get I get a pick yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I honestly like there's a lot of things we could we could pick haunted places we can pick you know I mean we're in Texas why don't we do something haunted in Texas we can not no. do not do anything we can research something like, oh research. okay cool then yeah <laughs> I thought you were talking about doing a live stream no me and David still want to do that. You just convincing y'all. That's fine. That's fine. I said we get Dario. a Ouija board on, on the stream. No. No. <laughs> like, are you at Sam's house? Bullshit. I, that's why I'm disconnected before I find the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 if I don't I, see I, it, it I, won't come through. Simple. Well, what, if, what if I get you a spirit box, Sam? I, no, don't give me none of that shit. <laughs> no, spirit boxes. The only thing you can give me is sage. So don't don't, don't bring that's anything that's gonna. That's so don't no, give me anything. That's don't give I mean, me either anything. way. Either way, that's it. Sam's about to start pouring a circle of salt around his chair. You damn right. <laughs> on all windows and ledges, keep silver on me at all times. I'm about to walk around the whole house with salt. All the <laughs> hey David, David, that's what you gotta do, David. What? Pour it, put baby baby powder on the back of his car and have your kids put their handprints all on it. Don't do that shit. <laughs> Don't Why are there no shit. more crucifixes at Hobby Lobby? Oh, Sam bought them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't even buy that because honestly, fuck them around. They all start turning upside down. 
But take go, me now. But I don't know what's going on, but take me now. But they go take and get uh, baptized at the church and shit. Holy water. That, apparently not, because that church could be haunted too. I'm just saying, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Like everything's haunted now. I don't, I don't, I don't trust my city no more. <laughs> oh, I know my city's haunted. We built over so many Indian reservations. Shit, y'all got, y'all got. La, La Llorona's and La Llorona. La Llorona's La Llorona. and all, 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 all the shits. No. Yeah, El Paso's hella haunted. <laughs> like, I tell adventurers came for their Halloween special. Like, you have to be hella haunted to get their Halloween special. Alright, everybody. Like, this has been fun. We're going to keep talking about us to ourselves. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace. Bye.